Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. My quarterbacks are Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield. Our running backs are Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift. Then I have Galladay, Metcalf, Ridley, and Sutton. And I have three first-round picks next year. I can't wait till we talk about Galladay. That, that's going to be fun because I got some opinions, and I'm wondering if you guys feel the same. All right, so on that note, you guys have been listening into the, the backroom conversations. Welcome to Episode 72 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Dupa Flex. Bill, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, it's getting a little warmer here in Detroit, finally. So, uh, actually in the 70s today. Um, so, um, spring is upon us, I think, finally. So, happy about that. How are you doing, brother? I'm I'm doing good. And obviously, if you if you're watching, you see the you see the face. If you're listening on podcasts, you're like, who are we talking to? What is this going on? Or maybe you do know the voice. We got Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. Dustin, how you doing, man? I mean, I'm hanging in there. A little bit, a little jealous of, of Bill's weather. You know, 70 degrees right now sounds pretty nice. Um, it's uh, 45 and windy and rainy right now. But you know, that's that's typical Washington. Um, it's supposed to get 60 in the next couple of weeks. But no, I'm, I'm excited to be here and hang out with you guys. It's it's been a while since I've, I've talked with you and since I've podcasted, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll share in your pain a little bit. It was like 50, I think, in raining today, so I, I feel the rain and the, uh, we don't have 70 like Bill, who just wanted to rub it in and, you know, throw it in our face. Nice. Must be my glowing personality, just warming the whole area up. That, that, I'm sure that's what exactly is. what it is. That's what it is, Bill. <laughs> and, and on that note, before we have to say anything else, uh, let's uh, let's move on to the news because there, there was a little bit of news this week. <laughs> Bill acting shocked. All right, so Seahawks re-signed Chris Carson to a two-year deal for $14.6 million. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Carson back in Seattle. Why don't we let... Uh, Dustin start off since he is a uh, man of the area. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the best, best spot for Carson. And I know um, Russell was big in trying to get Carson to come back. So I think that that solidifies that Russell stain as well. And like he knows the system. He knows what we're trying to do. And if the, the Seahawks have been talking about running the ball more. So if that's the if, if they're going to run the ball more than last year, then I think it's, you know, it's going to be great for Carson um it wasn't didn't cost too much for the seahawks as well so i think it was a pretty good uh fair market deal and but you know at at his age of 
I think he's about 26 now going to a new team with a new system. Um, I, I didn't like that. I think him staying with Seattle, I, I think was the best spot for him. So for fantasy wise, I bought a, a, quite a few shares of him this off season because he was cheap because people didn't know where he was going and he was, he's not that big name. And my shares are happy that, you know, he's staying like Hyde's gone who cut into it and Penny can't stay on the field. So they don't, and Alex Collins is, is the third running back. So they don't really have anybody that's going to really take touches from him. So, you know, all wheels up for, for Carson for at least the next year or two. Um, that's all you can expect from any running back anyways. What about you, Bill? Any feelings on this one? Yeah, I mean, that, it's the best situation for him. I think that, like, anywhere else, I'm not sure you're sold that he's going to be the go-to back. Um, so just being able to go back into that system where we know he's been successful and um, – you know, I mean, I really don't have much thought beyond that. I mean, I, that's exactly where I'd want him to be if I had shares of him. I don't. So um, I probably should have been doing what Dustin was doing, adding some of them. Yeah, I mean, I think the only other place that we may have been happy about him landing would have been Atlanta. But besides that, I mean, I mean, we would have hated it if he ended up in New England it would have been like, uh, you know, it would have been a trash. Even somewhere like Pittsburgh, we wouldn't have liked because there's still like Snell and McFarland just, you know, there to eat little things away from them. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Seattle. New England, not- New England was a place that I guess was a finalist for him. Like they were, yeah. New England was talking to him. And earlier before the season ended, I actually predicted Miami. And I wouldn't have minded that as much. Um, cause I, I feel like they invested a lot in that line and that offense is going to be improving, but Seattle was still the best spot for him. Yeah. And even, even in Miami, like I, I would have been worried about, you know, uh, miles gasket and, and Ahmed just taking stuff away, not being the lead guy, but you know, you know, kind of in, in Seattle, he's that dude. Yeah. Rashad Penny will get two or three rushes a game and, a DJ Dallas will get some of the receiving work, but those aren't guys that you're really worried about taking more than, you know, 20, 30% away from them. So, you know, he's going to be getting the lion's share of, of the snaps there. So, yeah, but I, I, the only other place that crossed my mind would have been Atlanta. And obviously uh, they went in another direction in their running back plans. So, uh, so, you know, that's that. I think we all agree happy with Chris Carson another year. Uh, and guess what, Bill, you can still buy him. Cause that dude is criminally underrated every year. It's like, oh, I got this Chris Carson. I don't really want him. And it's like, okay, like I'll take this like running back 16, 17 here and I'll be fine with it. So, um, Next one, we'll stick with another running back well, here. No, that's, okay. that's a really good point. Like I'm in, in a startup right now and we're in the eighth round and he's still there. So, um, like nobody's, nobody's really buying in on him. Like you can get him for, for cheap right now. Um, but we're mid eight and he's still, still on the board. So, and, I, and I'm guessing you're probably in the twenties of running backs that have been taken. So yeah. he's going to outperform that. Even if you say, you know, 20 running backs have been taken, he's barring injury going to, going to outperform that. And it happens every year, every startup. It's just like, oh, no, but, like, this new guy could, like, be better. And, oh, this guy, this free agent landed in a good spot. Let's take – and then it's like, all right, let's just scoop 
Chris Carson at, you know, 21, 22, 20, RB, 21, 2, 3, and he always outperforms. What's the max you pay for him? I mean, I'm trying not to do the cop out answer of depends on where my team is. Well, of course, I'm just saying, like if if, like, if value it's the wise, ultimate I would be like, running, I want to add a running back, and I need a running back situation. I would do anything probably later than 107, 107 and later. I think I would be fine with wait. You know, not wait first. I think you could get him. You know, people still see 107 and 108, and they're like, oh, it's still like an earlier first it's it's not too late of a first you know um i think you could get him for there and if i needed a running back i'd be confident playing there like we know carson's gonna get the touches we know he can catch the ball like he's going to put up yards he's gonna score some touchdowns like but i think you could probably get him for a couple of seconds and that's what i would try but I wouldn't hate pain like late first if i needed yeah a that's just like where you would be like in the worst case scenario yeah, that's I, I. You actually surprised me a little bit with that number. Um, like I didn't. I don't think you have to, to pay that, that early. But of a pick. Yeah, I don't think you'd have to pay that. But that's of what course, I would. Yeah, that's what I would pay if I if yeah. I needed a running back. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be like at this moment getting... anyway. That would be like in August or September or something. You'd make yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like what what Josh was saying, like right now, like in that draft, uh, we have twenty running backs have gone. So. If he went next, he'd be, you know, running back 21. But I feel like running backs getting a lot deeper, which is helping like decrease his value. Like it used to like the last couple of years, like it was very top heavy and kind of just like bottomed out. Now it's a little bit deeper with guys like Swift and Gibson and like all the running backs last year hit pretty, pretty well. And Robinson came out of nowhere. So it's, it's a lot deeper, which is pushing him down, which is making him cheaper, which I I'm all about. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, and it's funny that you said, you know, we've gotten deeper at running back because of all the rookies that came in in 2020, but it, it's almost like we have to we have to create this Chris Carson excuse every year. Like, you know, something has happened where we shouldn't take Chris Carson until, like, running back, you know, 22 or 23, and it's like, no, we're just creating these excuses. Like, he's going to be, like, running back, like, 15 or 16, like – it's just clockwork as long as he doesn't get injured. And we just like, and I'm just like, cool. And you surprised me too with the, I know that's your, your high watermark, but I'm thinking like draft day. If I have any pick with a two in front of it, someone is going to get real excited about, you know, whoever, you know, Brian Edwards last year, you know, these random guys that like, they're not worth anything now, but like at the time, like you could have, like there's so much hype that, no, that's perfect. On on like draft day, like right, right before the draft, people are going to be so excited about about whoever, and yeah. they're gonna they're gonna give up these Chris Carson types for for nothing. It's two it's two oh six, and Jordan Love is still on the board. I'll give you Chris Carson. I'll be like, you can have seven years of Jordan Love sitting on your bench, and I will take Chris Carson, who I know will perform for the next two years and get me RB two like clockwork stats and I'll go home happy. Like, yeah, I mean, on draft day when those picks are at their, you know, peak value, you know, two Oh something will probably get you Chris Carson. And I'll take that to the bank every day of the week. And you'll be able to reflip him for, if it doesn't work, you'll be able to reflip him for the exact same price that you paid. Like he's going to always be there. So like you, you write him for a year, 
and then trade him next off season or non point scoring season that you're going to be able to get the same same value for him. Like I don't see anything changing on his value between next this year and next year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So yeah, I agree. It's like almost free. Like you're going to get even if it's like later in the season and you realize you're not contending anymore. I mean, you may even get more because it's in season and people want a running back that are, is performing. So it almost is like I mean, yeah, I mean, he. I think he's just – he's the guy to try to add if you can, um, if you're looking – if you're at all in, you know, contender mode. He's he's a stock that will pay off. I mean, either you're a contender and he's, you know, your RB2 or maybe even your RB3, depending on what's going on, and you're, you're riding into a championship or you're, you know, you're looking towards next year's draft and, like Bill said, someone – during the season, running backs get hurt all the time. People people need them, and if a contender loses somebody, you, you know, I got this shiny Chris Carson over here. You know, you're probably going to be the one eleven or the one twelve. You know, what is that? Why should that pick stop you from winning a championship and just kind of get paid off like that as well? So, all right, let's move on to another another running back that got signed. Uh, Damian Williams actually today with the uh, Chicago Bears and there have been a lot of interesting Twitter mumblings about the uh, the values of Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. But but how do you feel about Damian Williams going to the Bears? Bill, why don't you start us off? I'm not that worried about it. I mean, he's I think he's just going to be that third back. You know, it's like when guys get a little older. I mean, he's he can play both both roles if necessary. But I think the other guys are, you know, obviously younger and more dynamic, maybe um, at least, you know, more serviceable at this point. I'm always worried when a player sits out for a year and then all of a sudden has to come back in. Um, We see it all the time, even with younger players. Like, uh, you know, a few of the guys that sat out in college come back in and just never perform. Um, Love Bell, you know, same thing. He sat out a year, then never got back into form. So as much as I like, you know, the skill set of Damian Williams and that he showed decently, um, I'm just not that worried about how he affects the other players. Um, And I think that he's truly like that guy that's coming in to be that third back. And I think that that's just going to be his role going forward unless somebody gets hurt. All right, Dustin, do you have you have something maybe a little bit nicer to say about former Super Bowl MVP Damian Williams? Uh, did he win the MVP? He's my Super Bowl MVP because okay. that's the guy who showed that's one my of the MVP. Thing. That's my MVP. Um, that's tough because like <laughs> so when I when I read about that this morning, I was a little worried about Montgomery because. I feel like Montgomery was as productive as he was because there was nobody else there. I'm not necessarily as worried about Damien Williams itself, but adding Cohen and Damien Williams, I think is going to hurt Montgomery more. Um, they're not just adding one guy back. They're adding two guys back. Um, they got Cohen and they still wanted to go out and get another running back. And with Dalton coming in now, Trubisky wasn't very good. I just don't know what that offense is going to look like. And like, I was ho- so hopeful that Montgomery was going to take that next step. Um, but I was a little worried with Cohen coming back. Um, Damian Williams is, is kind of that naggy guy that 
like or not Matt naggy guy but like the nagging uh player that's always going to be sniping like mm-hmm. touchdowns or touches like important touches in the game damian williams is a pretty decent goal line back and montgomery isn't really that montgomery doesn't score a lot of touchdowns so like I feel like he's going to be the one that's going to be out there sniping uh, Montgomery from those opportunities. And then Cohen's going to be taking some of the passing work. So I just, I, I, I don't really know what that, that dynamic looks like. If they just brought Damian Williams in as a depth piece, then I'm okay. But I think he's the type of owner that, or he's the type of player that's going to get work. Um, did, how much, how much did he sign for? You guys Thank you. I, well, you're looking at that, Josh. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to talk about like, yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, if we look at the whole picture, like that's a concern and the effect that they added Damian Williams, but I don't think it's because it's Damian Williams. I'm worried. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's, I think it's, they were going to add somebody, right? Like they weren't going to go into the season with two backs and then um, Ryan Nall. Like, so I think that like any third back there, typically they're going to pick a guy who can kind of fill multiple roles like that. Um, You know, the fact that he has shown decently, and I think that goal line thing is actually the, I, I agree. That's probably the biggest concern. Um, But like, regardless, I mean, it could have been Mike Davis. It could have been, you know, like other backs like that. That's going to still be the cause concern for everybody. But is it any different because it's Damian Williams than if it was, insert back here you know but but i mean you you are right like a 28 year old running back that will turn 29 in april coming off of not playing for a year in in a new a completely new offense new scheme new quarterback like new team like he's not going he's not he's leaving probably the best opportunity for running back in the league and going to a mediocre spot so yeah i mean there is still some concern there um but yeah, I'm not, I'm there. I'm not worried that it's Damien Williams. I'm just more worried about David Montgomery going forward, but I was already sure. like, I'm a little more worried than I was, but I was already somewhat worried with, with um, Cohen coming back. Like it's just now there's adding another body. Would you be? Yeah. But I mean, that was expected, right? They were going to go in with an, at least another back. They weren't going to go in with just Cohen and Montgomery because they saw what happened last year. I mean, it just makes sense that they were going to add somebody. Maybe they dra- draft somebody instead. But so that's, you know, maybe a little bit because it is a vet. Maybe that's a little bit more of a concern in that regard. Like, I think that. But I th- I, I'm not surprised they at least added somebody else. So I guess but maybe I- our expectations were just a little bit different on the depth chart. Um, and that's why we maybe have a little bit of a different reaction to the signing. But I, I guess it's kind of the same thing as James Robinson in, in Jacksonville, like they brought in the Carlos Hyde type that doesn't scare me at all for James Robinson. Yeah. Uh, like, so it's the same type of move that, that just happened with, with Chicago. Um, so from that aspect, I, it's not terrible. I just, now there's three guys that are all, that all could put in work. Um, yeah. That is, you know, and I, yeah. I just t- tend to stay away from situations that have three relevant players. You know? Yeah. That's legit. So I couldn't find anything. No one's really reporting on it, so I'm not sure what he signed for. But um, th- this is this is like an interesting move, kind of like what Dustin said. There's like three guys there now. I'm also wondering if I kind of just go down the road my mind is taking me. I wonder if 
maybe Cohen isn't as recovered as we all assume he is. Maybe the Bears know something we don't. And Williams is that guy to kind of patch it until he is 100%. But even if that's not the case, yeah, it's like I'm a little bit worried because it's just kind of like Tariq Cohen and Damian Williams can take enough away from David Montgomery to make him not as relevant as we hoped he would be. It's funny. I saw, I saw a tweet. Someone said, I moved David Montgomery from my RB 18 to my RB 83. And obviously, you know, being a little tongue in cheek there, but you know, obviously the move, that move has to bump them down a little bit because you have to worry about like, all right, are they going to be like deploying, you know, is this going to be where maybe David Montgomery gets 50%? These other two guys get 50%. That's probably going to knock them down a few more pegs than you thought if it was just him and Cohen, where maybe you're looking at a, a 70, 30 or 65, 35 kind of split. So it's just, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, we everyone I think was a little surprised that Kansas City cut him uh, because he had kind of done some things there, and nobody was believing that he was going to, you know, take over the top spot from Ceh. But still, you thought he could have been a, uh, a a piece of that uh, of that offense, and they, you know, they kind of kicked him to the curb. So we'll see what he does in Chicago. And I mean, the problem with Chicago is is that bad coaching will always kind of confuse you when it comes to fantasy. And unfortunately to all the Chicago bear fans listening, there's some bad coaching in town right now. So, uh, so we'll have to see, but, you know, obviously we save, we save the best for last year. Uh, the giants sign uh, Kenny Galladay to a four year, $72 million deal. Whole lot of money for Kenny G in a year where, Nelson Aguilar was kind of the top guy for uh, the first week of free agency. And now Kenny G has kind of swooped in it and taken that spot. But um, how do you guys feel about this move? Uh, Kenny G moves from Bill's Motor City to uh, to the Big Apple. Uh, good, bad, no change at all. Uh, we'll start with you, Dustin. I mean, I th- I'm a little torn on Kenny. I love Kenny Galladay. I just don't know that I, this is going to be a make or break year for Daniel Jones. It's really going to be the time for him to show us. Like, I don't know if Daniel Jones can really maintain all those weapons when healthy. Like you have Saquon Ingram, you have Shepard Slayton and Galladay Rudolph is there, which I think he's just there to block, but like, that's just another, another guy on the field. Um, we knew they were going to get a receiver so that like them getting a, a receiver doesn't surprise me. I think this is, then being able to sign him will allow them to focus on their offensive line a little bit in the draft, which I think would be great, which could help Daniel Jones, which I think helps everybody. But I, I, I just Matthew Stafford, I think was the, the perfect type of quarterback for him that I don't know that Daniel Jones is the quarterback, right? Quarterback for him. We'll see. Um, he was, I, I, Daniel Jones isn't a, a, a high point. He's not going to throw it up to for, for Galladay to get it. So I, I don't love the fit there. I, I would have rather seen him in Miami. I, I keep saying Miami. That's just where I wanted all the all the, <laughs> all the the playmakers to go. I, I just I think that team is almost there. Um, but I, I think it's 
I don't see him improving on what he did in Detroit. I think he's maybe he takes a little bit of a step back. Um, I don't know. That's that's where I'm. I don't love the landing spot, but you know, if Daniel Jones shows up and shows what he did in his rookie year, then then I love it for him. But going from Stafford to Jones, I don't love it all. And and I just want to say, Dustin, I'm I'm a little hurt that you didn't mention on that offense uh, former top ten pick John Ross. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I think that they did right by adding him. I think he's the correct kind of adding him and John Ross are actually two good signings for that team because they needed some wide receivers that weren't slot receivers. You know, like it just didn't make sense, like kind of how they had built that offense. Um, so, but that doesn't mean that it's better for uh, Galladay than it was for him last year. You know, like I think that, um, you know, he, him and um, Slayton are kind of similar-ish type wide receivers. So uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to use those guys. Are they going to put both of them on each side, you know, put Sterling Shepard in the slot and then John Ross is just kind of that speed guy every so often, or are they going to only have Galladay out there, you know, and Slayton well, kind of takes a hit. a receiver too. Like Ingram's like a receiver. Like he's not. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Not a tight end, and then you so got Barkley like... coming back who, you know, is targeted a fair amount. So like there, I mean, I think that he plays a huge role in that offense. Cause he's going to be able to push the, you know, you know, keep safeties, you know, kind of back further. They're not going to all have, be all, you know, 12 yards off the line and, and that sort of thing. So, like that's a positive just scheme wise, but I, I can't see him being as, you know, like what Dustin's saying that like the aggressive, it's really the aggressiveness of Stafford. And I think that's where the difference is between him and, and Daniel Jones. Um, like Jones is just always going to be a little bit more careful, maybe not holding the ball, but when he throws it, he usually is where, and he just doesn't have the arm strength that um, Stafford does to like, chuck it up there and and know that the only person that can get it is Galladay. So I think you need a guy like that. I'm just not sure it's the perfect fit. I'm, my expectations are still for him to be like a wide receiver two in the NFL, I think. Um, but, you know, that's a pretty broad, broad range. And I think it's a decrease from his ceiling with Detroit. Yeah, I feel like this is like a, a Drew Locke situation. Like surround Daniel Jones with talent, see if he can win. Like Drew Locke, they Sutton, Judy, Fant, like yes, Melvin Gordon, but isn't Barkley, but Melvin Gordon's still pretty solid. Lindsay, like just having they went drafted Albert O, and then they had, you know, Deshaun Patrick, like some of those guys, like um Hamler. So I think they're just like, hey, show us that you can win. We're gonna give you playmakers and we'll see if you have it. It's it's they're not the same type of quarterback, but I think it's the same type of situation. Like Let's give you as many playmakers as we can and see if you see if you can win and see if you can succeed. I mean, it makes sense. They're the them in Washington are the only team really making moves in that division. Um, and that division's wide open. Sorry, Josh. Um, the Phillies are not the Phillies, the Eagles are there. So um, you know, that's that division's wide open. So it makes sense for them to go for it and see if Daniel Jones has it. Um, I think we're gonna see a lot of that with quarterbacks going forward. Like those those young ones that they draft early, they're going to give them weapons and see if they have something with them and move on from them quicker. Like we're seeing that more and more. Like you don't have it in the first two to three years, you're done. We're going to find somebody else. Yeah. So. Yeah. So 
It's interesting that you, you said the division is, is wide open because uh, you actually said Eagles and then said wide open, which was weird to me because, I mean, we can we can knock the Eagles out from any kind of contention right now. We can just, you know, they'll be fourth. Also They're, the Phillies. And the Phillies. Yeah, I know. They, they will also not win the NFC East. Um, sorry, Rocky. Um, but we can knock them out right away. They're rebuilding. They know they're rebuilding. We'll see if they decide to go with a quarterback at six or not. That's besides the point. Um, I think a lot of people have built the Giants up with kind of this Kenny Galladay signing. I mean, they they re-signed Leonard Williams, and I've seen a lot of tweets, probably from mostly Giants fans that are like, yeah, we're in this thing now. And it's like, I don't know if they've really – done a ton. I mean, I'm actually going to reach out to John Ross because Bill may have said the first nice thing about John Ross, you know, in the last three years saying that that was a good signing. So I'm going to reach out and say, Hey, John, we said something nice about you. Listen to the pod. I mean, just tell me what it is like. I mean, it's just the dynamic of him. It's not necessarily him, right? Like just (laughs) having a speed wide receiver that like they didn't have that last year. So like, that's where I think it is. But so don't, don't, uh, Sorry, John. I, I'm not saying you're that as good as uh, Josh is leading you to believe. Right, I'm ne- saying never that, mind, so. John. We ain't, we ain't reaching out. Bill Bill is <laughs> retracting his previous statement. But, but like what you're saying, like the the Giants like haven't done enough. Like they're getting Barkley back, who they didn't have. They're getting mm-hmm. Galladay back. Their defense was already pretty solid last year. Like mm-hmm. so, they're all be they brought in a block a really good blocking tight end, and like you go from Barkley to Wayne Gallman for the year like if they had Barkley and Galladay they would have won that division pretty easily last year like with nothing else changing see see and that that's where that's where I'm gonna stop this because I think (laughs) I think we can't say well if they had these guys and then everyone else still had all of the same injuries that they had well then they would have won the division because you're probably right if ever if all the other injuries would have stood and they would have been completely healthy I agree with you they probably would have won the division but we have to remember that Dak Prescott didn't play the majority of that season. The Dallas offensive line, they were playing third and fourth stringers in a lot of those games. And as much as you want to say the leap from Saquon or from Wayne Gallman to Saquon, I mean, if we can go from the leap from Ben DiNucci to Dak Prescott, I think that's a much larger uh, jump in talent. Uh, so... I think that they are still the third place team in the NFC East. I could be wrong about this. Injuries are going to happen. We don't know. But I think I actually think Washington is the team to beat right now. They have an all-world defense and they have improved greatly on offense, even just upgrading to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm not saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be a top 10 quarterback. That is not my belief at all. I will. But- but there's okay. Bill's Bill's got that fire stick today. Um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is a upgrade at the quarterback position for Washington. And instead of it being Terry McLaurin and three guys from the uh, local school district substitute teachers, uh, they now have uh, Curtis Samuel there. Antonio Gibson is just going to be another year uh, better, uh, more experienced. So I actually think Washington, and I everybody knows I'm a Cowboys fan. I think Washington is the team to beat in that division. And 
I think if, you know, you can't, obviously injuries are going to happen, but if we were going to project this out with everyone being healthy for 16, Dallas is still second in that division until, until they can do something besides keep up with Dallas when they were playing Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and Garrett Gilbert for the majority of the season. I mean, and I don't think I don't think Kenny Galladay makes that massive leap. I mean, you're my- probably right. I mean, who, but the the point is that that whole that whole division I think is open. Um, like, I don't know that there's one legitimate favorite right now. Yeah, Dallas may have done it, but you know, I, I guess we'll see. There's still a lot of off, a lot of uh, the off season to go, but you know, I, th- I think like they're going for it. Like, there's the division is winnable. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think they can, if things break their way, they can win that division. But I think that is, I think they still have to leapfrog on paper. They have to leapfrog two, two teams. And well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Listen, injuries happen. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't what we thought he was, you know, maybe Ron Rivera, doesn't use Curtis Samuel the right way. Maybe Dak gets hurt again. A lot of different things can happen. But uh, well, and, and I mean, Dallas's defense has to become something which they were not. So oh. I mean, that's a huge, huge. Like I, I would say, the balance is much more in the Giants' favor than Dallas's. I mean, I think that something will have to happen that improves greatly. So I don't think there's like a tier or anything between Dallas and and the Giants, I think offensively there is. I think defensively there's probably a tier in favor of the Giants right now. So, like, I I really – it's just a matter of, like, is a balanced team going to be potentially more successful than a team that has just an incredible offense? So, you know, I I, I don't think it's easy enough to say that there's two teams head and shoulders above them, I guess, is my point. No, I, I, it was it was never said that there's two teams head and shoulders above them, but I think there are two teams in front of them. I think they have to leapfrog two teams in order to win the division. Um, I mean, listen, the defense was bad last year, and the Giants either had the same record or they they were one game ahead of the Cowboys with all the Cowboys injuries. So we can we can talk about they have a more elite defense and Dallas has a more elite offense, but. Both sides of the ball played for 16 games, sure. and that was the result at the end of the season. Yep. They and which team improved more, the offense of Dallas or the defense, or the the defense of Dallas or the offense of of New York? Oh well, it's hard to say because are are we counting Dak not playing 11 games? I'm talking about the defense. Improved? But well, we're talking about defense, which is fine. But at the end of the day you know, both sides of the ball play, which team has it? Exactly. More? That's why I'm asking this. Maybe, maybe the giants slightly, but okay. I don't think it's enough for, to, for me to say they're, they're definitely looking at them on paper. They're definitely ahead of Dallas. Yeah. And that's, that's my point more so. Right. So, right. Like, so it's just, I would I say Dallas Washington is, is maybe a touch above, and this is just, you know, obviously this is all opinion. So whatever, oh, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. like, yeah. I don't think that I, I'm not like, I guess I just don't feel like there's that even material of a difference between the two teams, I guess. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it, it's 
ranking material differences. I guess it's just like if someone came to me today and said, all right, you have to rank every team in every division, and I was at the NFC East, my ranking would be Washington 1, Dallas 2, mm. New York 3, Philly 4. Okay. And that's just how, how I would rank How about them. what would their rankings be? Just just This is just going completely off the rails, but yeah, why not? Like, what about like um, – So that D, that how about in the a- NFC? Like, where would you? I mean, I'm not holding you to this, but like, how are they pretty close to each other in the ranking of the NFC? God, now I got to think through the whole NFC. Okay, never second. mind. Let's just skip that. Don't worry about it. So. No, no, I think they're close. I mean, if you want to say, I mean, if if we're ranking like. Not, you know, not with playoff spots, because obviously, technically, Washington was the fourth best team in the yeah. NFC based on playoff spots. But yeah, you're probably, you know, saying that there's probably a spot or maybe two difference between those two teams. I don't think yeah. it's like, I wouldn't say Dallas is seven and New York is 11, you know, just to bring numbers out there. You might be you at know? like, yeah, like a couple It might be like seven so, and yeah, that, eight that's or probably seven and nine. You know what range. I mean? So, yeah. So it's not, and trust me, one, you know, even not so major injury to Dallas's offense, they lose one receiver. They, you know, CeeDee Lamb goes down and they, you know, they have Amari and Michael Gallup, which is still very good, but obviously it limits that explosiveness, you know, if CD Lamb's not on the field, you know, it, you could easily be like, okay, these two teams are neck and neck now, or the Giants are slightly ahead now because so, and that's the thing, like I'm, I'm doing this based on everyone being healthy for 16 games, which is impossible. Like it's not going to happen on either side. So it's just kind of looking at it right now on what is this March 24th and saying, yeah, like, you know, NFC East one, two, three, four, here's where I got them. And it's just funny. I've seen a lot of on um, Twitter, like, you know, the Giants can take this now. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like Washington, I think, is is the top. top yeah, I think right they're now. the team that I feel the most confident about just because of their defense. Like it's so and their offense is not like you said, it's just a good enough like improvement. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Washington has improved more in free agency on offense than New York has. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's quarterback, so that's they, a huge improvement. Well, and they got, yep, and they got a, a really good wide receiver, too, in my opinion. I think Curtis Samuel is going to do very well in Washington. So, you know, I think they upgraded at, at two kind of major spots. And, you know, Washington, they or uh, excuse me, New York got the big guy. They got Kenny G, who was kind of the number one wide receiver out there. But, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll be talking in six months and, you know, We'll be talking about how I was dead wrong about the New York Giants, and I'll have. To I usually wrong. end up wrong, so let's not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, but so, since we got to such a deep conversation about uh, about Kenny Galladay, let's uh, let's go to what we saw on the timeline, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Giants. Maybe we'll be a little bit uh, less wordy about it, but uh, this is from Michael Reedy at Michael Reedy FF. Uh, and that we're going to do a little throwback tweet here. So this is his, his initial tweet. Uh, I remember lighting up fantasy Twitter with this last June. What do you say now? And the original tweet that he put out was from June 27th of 2020. 
He said, is Slate, Slayton going to be this year's Dante Pettis? And I remember being the only guy that was like anti Dante Pettis when he was the hotness and people roasted. It was actually the first time I really got roasted on Twitter. And then I realized I liked it. So I, I just kept going with it. But does Slayton disappear now? Because, Bill, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Kenny G kind of does what he does and does it a lot better <laughs> than he does. So what do you guys think about Slayton? Is he like completely gone in this offense now, or is there any hope that you guys have for him? I think he's gone. I mean, they replaced him with a better version of him. You still have Barkley now, or you have Barkley to feed. You have Galladay to feed. You have Shepard probably in the slot. You have Evan Ingram out there. So like he's probably what fifth in the pecking order. Like, I just, it's so funny though that they brought up Pettis because Pettis is on the Giants too. A lot of people forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, he might end up getting cut, but yeah, I think like I was the one that bought into him last year because there was nobody else really there. Like, I'm, I'm not a big Shepard guy, but they seem to like Shepard quite a bit in New York. Yeah. Um, outside that, his rookie season, he hasn't really done much, um, but I'm, I think he's kind of the odd man out. Like he'll still be there. Like I, I, I could actually see like what, what Bill was saying earlier that John Ross is going to be on the field more than Slayton because he's going to be the one to help stretch the field. Like I, th I think that they brought in Ross for a reason. Like if you if you're happy with Slayton as your third, you don't go out and sign a John Ross. You don't, and they did. So I, I just, I, I don't have much ups, uh, high hopes for for Slayton at all. All right, Bill, what about Slane? Is he gone? Well, I mean, so it's not like he disappeared this year from that original tweet, kind of like, you know, patting himself on the shoulder a little bit. Right. Like he had pretty much the exact same stats, just minus touchdowns, which we all know aren't sticky. So like, I mean, he had his rookie year, he had 48 for 740 something, and then he had 50 for 750 this year. So it's not like he all of a sudden disappeared um does he disappear now um i can't see him improving more so like i think he's kind of stuck in this like you know purgatory almost where he's just not going to get enough targets to improve so he's i don't think he falls the way of dante pettis i think he's still going to play a role you know it's like the lions they had galladay but they still used marvin jones who's a deep threat guy and, you know, not, and that's what Slayton essentially was when he got drafted. So like, I mean, he's not a speed guy, but he's like, you know, more of a, a deep route player. So I don't know, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see like if who does get used more between Ross and him, I think, it, I think they're going to start out with him playing. Um, Ross is just, you know, so fragile, it seems. So I don't think they can bank on him overtaking Slayton. Um, but you know, he's definitely part of the offensive package, no doubt, right? Like, so you got to have a guy with that sort of skill set, I think, in every offense just to you know throw throw the defense off a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think he disappears, but I, I think he's very limited in like fantasy wise, I guess. You know, he's gonna be that guy that's like a Paul Richardson or something like that. You're just never you might have be excited for him for a minute, but then, you know, four years in, you're just like, ah, eh, he is who he is. And that's what we get. Yeah. And it'll be 
Slayton, I think, might end up being one of these guys that, I mean, I agree. I think he's kind of, he's not going to be very relevant in the offense. But we kind of saw the Kenny G injury stuff last year. Sterling Shepard has, uh, has a history of being injured. Evan Ingram has a history of being injured. So it might be one of those things where it's like we're in week five and we're like, ah, this guy hasn't really done anything. And then like week six, seven, and eight guys may start falling and he might kind of peak. But that, again, you like, you can't predict any of that stuff. Like you can't, you know, I'm saying week six, seven, or eight, it might not be until week 13 or 14 that that ends up, you know, we just, or may not happen at all. Like, you know, I, I think that's the only way he really, can be relevant is if these guys that kind of have a little bit of a history of getting hurt and Kenny G really didn't until last year. Nah. And um, he wasn't really hurt the whole year. He was just sitting out. Cause he was like, eh, you know, right. you guys suck. I'm not playing. That right. was kind of his deal. Like, and he played and he played in double digit games every year before that. So he's not, you know, I don't want yeah. people to be like, don't come at me. Like he, he wasn't injury prone. You know, he, Played all these games. Like, I get that. I know what the stats are. But, you know, if guys get hurt, you know, maybe that's a path for him to become relevant. But that's kind of a hard, you know, kind of a hard pitch to make to, to either go out and buy a guy or take a guy in a startup. Like, hey, maybe a bunch of guys get injured. And he, because you could say that for, you know, hell, you could say that for John Ross. You could say that for a lot of guys that were taking in like round 16, 17, 18, 19, where it's like, yeah, if like two guys get hurt. He could be a thing, you know, so. Well, and wide receivers are so deep now. It's just ridiculous. So, like, who's going out to buy Slayton? Like, I don't think there's many, unless you're, like, you know, maybe a Giants fan that thinks you have a read on the the team or something like that. Like, I just don't see – there's so many wide receivers of his equal that I'm not going out of my way to, like, pay pay for – player that I think I might be able to pick up on waivers that has similar potential. Oh, for sure. I mean, any, I mean, even this year, I mean, if if you're listening to the draft news and what's going on in the actual NFL draft, you know, they're like, Oh, 2020 was deep, but wide receivers. And this year's deep, but wide receivers too. And I just have a feeling that every year from now to the end of time is going to be deep with wide receivers because, you know, it's just a, a position now, especially on the college level that they're kind of, training up to be pro ready too. you know, it used to be just quarterbacks, quarterbacks were the guys that got kind of trained up to be pro ready. And now we're starting to see it too, with these wide receivers. And, you know, we got guys, you know, know, Justin Jefferson came in and and lit it up. And even like Chase Claypool had like big moments where you're like, Ooh, this guy can be a player, you know, and we're just going to, we're going to get a bunch of those guys, you know, this year as well. You know, the first round is probably going to have five or six, you know, guys go in the first round, we're probably going to like at least, you know, four or five of those guys. And then the second round, you know, there's guys just, you know, follow your, your Rage Q's or, you know, your, your Debbie Canes or whoever your favorite guy is. And just ask them about wide receivers. They'll tell you about guys who are probably going to go on day three that they think, you know, could have a shot depending on, you know, where they land. And who's to say that the, the giants don't take another receiver. Like That's true. The same way Dallas did last year. Like Absolutely. we didn't think they were gonna take CD Lamb, but kind of fell in their in their pocket and they took him. Like, what's to say the Giants don't have somebody fall to them and they're like, hey, you know what? Let's just go total high high powered offense and and 
Go for it. And that, and that's a great point. I mean, I don't think this will happen. But w- what if Kyle Pitts falls to 11? What if uh, Jamar Chase falls to 11? I don't think any of those things are going to happen. But if you would have asked me before the draft last year, is CeeDee Lamb going to be there at 17? I would have laughed at you. So, I mean, obviously the draft is a weird place. You never know what's going to happen. And you're right. If they're there at 11 and a Kyle Pitts shows up or Jamar Chase shows up, I definitely think they would not pass on that to get whatever a linebacker or to get a, you know, an offensive lineman or whatever the case may be. I think they hit that and they think they hit that hard. And they exactly, like you said, they kind of go the Dallas route where they go, he's a really good player. We'll just figure out ways to get him on the field. And we're not going to worry about the fact that we have other guys in town right now. So well, I'm pretty sure Shepard's a free agent next year and Slayton, I, he was a later pick, so he's probably only got like one year left. So like, and if they're not happy with Ingram, like he's probably only got a year or two left. Like they're yeah. going to need some weapons here soon. Um, so who's who's to stop them? Like they're going to be in a prime position to take a receiver. Yeah, and even, and even you know, I, I named two extreme circumstances, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to say that Devonta Smith is going to be there that Jalen Waddle's going to be there at 11. I mean, I think that's more realistic. And they could they could hammer either one of those guys in, into that spot. And, I mean, we were talking about, you know, John Ross on the outside. <laughs> well, you know, what, what about a, a Jalen Waddle as the speed guy? Or, you know, what if, you know, they just love what uh, Devonta Smith does and they just, you know, let him do what he does and, and kill secondaries, you know? It'll be interesting. Uh, I I think you bring up a good point on that one. So uh, let's move on to uh, Dynasty Foosball at Brian Coke FF. This is a 12-team PPR Superflex, and we have a Deshaun Watson uh, question. Everybody knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson. We ain't going to go through it. Uh, None of us here, I'm pretty sure, uh, have our legal degrees, so we ain't going to go down that road either. But – Every, everybody knows that probably the guy who has Deshaun Watson in your league is either selling or holding and hoping that uh, hoping that things uh, turn out well for, for Deshaun. So uh, we got Deshaun Watson on one side or Joe Burrow in a 2022 third-round pick. So, Bill, we'll start with you. You go in with Watson or you going with Burrow? Yeah, that's a tough one. Like, I, I love Watson. Like – you know, I mean, I didn't have any shares of him, and then I added a few um, in the last year. Um, I've, you know, I have him up on my trade bait right now in both leagues just to kind of see what I can get. Um, today I got an offer of uh, Stafford straight up for him. So, like, it's like if I move him, my thought is I would want to move him for a young quarterback with high upside and i think burrow is that um there's the risk that maybe does he come back the same after his injury you know i i'm gonna trust that he does um so that's the kind of trade that i would consider making um you know if it's if it's something like that i'm a team that where i'm a contender i'm probably keeping deshaun watson and just rolling the dice that he plays for the season um, you know, I've gotten burned by trading away Tyreek Hill, uh, when everything happened and then Tyreek 
you know, was pretty incredible early on in that, that season. And, you know, it's just, I've learned not to like overreact, I guess, um, to the news until things start to happen. You know, there's a lot of news we hear about these guys getting in trouble and then nothing ever comes of it. Also, this is all civil suits, not criminal. So like, that's another thing where, like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. And so because, like you said, we don't have our degrees, I don't have my uh, law degree. I just have to just I'm going to typically just let it roll. Um, if I'm like a rebuild, I'll totally take Burrow, though. I think that I'm OK making that move. What about you, Dustin? Uh, so, I mean, the 22 third doesn't really play a factor. It's basically yeah. Watson for Burrow. Um, right. I'm in a startup. They went back to back. Watson right before Burrow. Do you know what and, spots they went at? Uh, yeah, they actually went 108, 109. Oh, okay. All right. So they both That's really first. early, don't you think, for Burrow? I mean, th- this draft, like like I was saying before we started, like Stafford went 14 and Tannehill went 15. <laughs> so, like, the quarterbacks are going early. But it's – I actually – so I made two trades for Watson this week. Okay. One I thought was really cheap. And one, I, I I paid full price for Watson. So I got Watson for 102. And it was like, I gave up a fourth and got a fifth back. But at the end of the draft, that doesn't matter. So Watson for 102, which I thought was a steal. But then in TA3, I gave up Tua, Diggs, and Mark Andrews for Watson, for Gusecki, a third and fourth. So... Like I've been on both sides of it. Like I still, I still love Watson, and I think for me it's Watson here. Um, he's got more questions outside of the legal thing. Like, is he still going to be in Houston? Who's he throwing the ball to? Like, there's just there seems to be a lot of questions. So I don't hate moving that for Burrow. Like Burrow's got, he's got good talent around him. He's got Higgins and Boyd and Mixon. Like he's got he's got good talent there, which Houston doesn't have. Like they have two terrible running backs and then Philip Lindsay, they just randomly got. So how's that going to play out like that? And then they have, they have Brandon cooks. That's it. Like, so like, I don't hate getting off of him, but I think Watson is just, uh, I think he's a superior talent to burrow. And I think talent always wins out. Um, If I, I'm kind of opposite of bill, but if I'm contending, I think I want burrow because I think there's more of a chance that either Watson holds out or gets suspended, or there's just too many variables, but whatever happens to him, I think is only going to be this one season. So I want the guy that's probably going to for sure give me playing time this year, which I believe, I think Burrow will be back by week one. So I want Burrow over Watson if I'm contending, which sounds opposite, but I think, I think I Watson, whatever happens, hold out. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I think whatever happens with Watson, like it's only going to be this one year. Like whether it's suspended or or a holdout, it's only going to be this one year. Um, we we haven't really seen anybody miss more than a season. So if he gets suspended, it's it's not going to be that anymore. And he's still only going to be twenty six at that point. And he's shown he can do it without great options. Like he led the league in passing yards this year without Hopkins. Like, so he he did that. So, like, I'm not worried anything about after this year. So, yeah, I think I, I think I go with the Burrow side on on this one too. I only have one share of Watson, and actually, I, I made a joke in the uh, 
in the FTC, the fantasy timeline chat. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, let Bill or I know or get to us at Fantasy Timeline and we'll we'll throw you in. It's a lot of fun, a lot of good people in there. I said, yeah, I'm surprised that no one has made me even a terrible offer on Watson yet. That's a 14-team that's a super flex. The only spot I have Watson. So I think over the next couple of days, I'm just going to I'm going to go through everyone's roster and just make everybody offers or uh, try to see if I can sell Watson. But yeah, there's a lot like there's a lot going on with Watson. Like, yes, there's his legal case. And, you know, that is what it is. We'll find out, you know, whether this case just gets settled because it's in civil court. We'll see if anything criminal does come from it. We don't know any of that stuff. I'm not even going to speculate on what could or could not happen in that situation. But then you brought up, Dustin, there's the holdout. And we've been kind of watching what the Texans have done in free agency. And that doesn't inspire confidence. Like if Deshaun just says, I'm not going to sit out and cost myself $20 million, which I think is what he would end up costing himself if he did sit out for the year. Uh, I'm just going to come back and play like, Brandon Cooks is his number one receiver and a friend of the show, Larry Monkey, hates him, but I, I think he's he's an, he's a good wide receiver. Um, and then there's a lot of like like Dante Moncrief got signed by the Texan. Like it's just Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen, Kiki Kuti, like oh like the weapons are just like not there. So that that's troubling. Um you know, Will Fuller has gone to Miami. So that that's troubling as well. And I know you said, like, you think this only stretches for a year. I think it all depends on how, in that, on that part of the situation, I think it depends on how stubborn both sides are. I feel like Houston has shown that they are willing to completely destroy their franchise just to make a point. Like, and I can see them just saying, like, we're never trading Deshaun no matter what. And then it's like, does Deshaun just say, well, like, screw it. Like, I'm never coming back. I'll just retire. Like, I don't know. I know that's, like, going way out into the wilderness there. But, like, it's kind of scary for Deshaun. Uh, now, if he comes back and he plays, I mean, I don't have any doubt about the talent. But, God, just – I don't, like – all of that on top of it. if it was just the holdout situation or just you know the case that he has right now i could probably like be fine with one of those things but like both of those things which are kind of very big things uh, you know <laughs> it, it it makes me want to sell but i'm also like i mean i've seen some deals where like you can get deshaun watson for like i saw one where it was like two uh and two second round picks, you know, it's like, I mean, Tua could be really good. I'm not saying that Tua is going to be trash forever. I'm not in that camp, but it's like, man, I feel like right now the price shouldn't be that low. And I think some people are panic selling. Bill said, you know, he got caught up with Tyreek panic selling and it, it did him wrong. I'm not going to panic sell. Like if, you know, if someone wants to give me 90% of Deshaun's value, I'll take them, you know, I'll take the deal. But if someone is trying to get them for, you know, 40%, I'd rather keep Watson and wait to see what happens. You know, maybe I get nothing out of it, but I would rather do that than 
sell them for you know 40% value. So that that was a good one. And it, it lets us transition uh, quite nicely to this one right here from uh, World's Best Commish at Snaily3. So this is uh, for the 2021 season only. So a little, little redraft here for us. Who has the better fantasy season? Six-point passing touchdown. Uh, previously mentioned Joe Burrow or probably uh, number one overall pick, uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, so Dustin, why don't you uh, start us off? You got Burrow or Lawrence? I'm going to go Burrow for now. I, I just like his web- weapons better. Um, I think it's going to be a lot close. I mean, I guess it was 57, 43, but I think it's yeah. going to be pretty close. Like if Burrow misses any games from his injury, then it's, it's going to be Lawrence. I think Lawrence is going to be there right there with him. And like, it's, it's really interesting. Like rookie quarterbacks are, they're, are, are coming in there performing right away. Like we've seen the rookie touchdown record getting broke like every year for like the last three years. Like it just continues to happen. Um, like there's no reason that Lawrence can't come in and, and do what Herbert did last year as well. So like it's not as far away, but you know I like that Burrow's already got a season with Higgins and Boyd and Mixon will be healthy and I still think that they're going to get another weapon. So um, I, I like what they're building in Jacksonville, but like he doesn't have like a true number one receiver. Like I love Chenault. Shark is who knows there, and then. They got just some other. They, I think they got who who they signed two other Marvin, receivers. That, Marvin Jones. Yeah, I mean that's not a, that's not a bad fit, but like I still think I like the weapons a little bit better in Cincinnati, and he's got the rapport with them, and so I, I'm gonna go go with Burrow this year, but it, it's gonna be close. All right, Bill Burrow or Lawrence? Yeah, that, I agree. It's gonna be pretty close. Um, I think the only thing that I like Burrow was pretty mobile. I, I question if he's going to be this year. Um, so I feel like you're going to see a lot more from the ground from Lawrence. Um, but I think the difference might be the touchdown passing, um, which will bring Burrow back into it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's super close. I have to make a decision. I'd probably go Burrow, um, but I agree. It's 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 very close. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, T-Law here just because I think Burrow does miss a little bit of time with the injury. I'm not, you know, I don't think it's going to be like six games or anything like that, but even if it's the first game or two, I think that, uh, that ends up putting it in uh, Trevor Lawrence's court. Uh, I do think the weapons are better in Cincinnati and Cincinnati was also trying to acquire Kenny G. So maybe with that fifth pick in the draft, they go with another receiver or they go with Kyle Pitts. It looks like they wanted to get another weapon on that team. So maybe they do that and, uh, help Joe, Joe Burrow out even more. Um, but yeah, just, just based on the fact that I do think he's going to miss the first one or two games of the season with that injury. Uh, I'll give it to Trevor Lawrence, but I do agree with both you guys. I think it's like really close. Um, I don't think you can, you can make an argument for either guy and, you know, make it make sense and make it not an unbelievable statement. So yeah, we got, we got two boroughs, we got one Lawrence. So, you know, that probably doesn't help out. You didn't get a three for three there, but, um, go, you know, if these are your two quarterbacks, go with whoever you like more and, uh, 
take that guy, and I'm sure you'll be uh, be happy at the end of the season. So got got next one here from football guy at Fantasy Polls AC1. So we have a little package deal here. So do you want the package of Hollywood, the 204, a 22 first, and a 23 first, or Calvin Ridley? Whoever wants to take this one first. Go ahead, Bill. I'll take the package, I think. (laughs) um, I'm very much like – you know, I said it earlier, These the wide receivers are so deep right now, and I don't feel like, um, as much as I feel Ridley is a a really good wide receiver, I don't feel like he's an elite wide receiver. And so if I can get a bunch of assets plus a flyer on a guy um, like Hollywood, who I still have like that tinge of hope for, um, you know, I think I'm okay with that. I understand like that, that there, you know, I have to wait a couple of years for the picks. I still got a 204 this time and 204 in Hollywood for this year. Um, maybe I can package those guys up for something. Um, if there's something I like better. Uh, so I feel like that's almost like three first round picks for a wide receiver. I don't feel will end up being on that elite tier ever. So yeah. I got a question for you. What if that was AJ Brown instead of Calvin Ridley? I think I take AJ Brown. Um, I like AJ Brown because he's shown that he can do it on a an offense without like a ton of um volume. And so I, I think I, I just I feel more comfortable long term that like if that offense has to shift to something where they have to be a little bit more pass happy, I feel better about his situation. Yeah. I just, I'm just, I don't see what really is a difference between what Ridley's done and what, what Brown's done so far. Like, yeah. It's just the offenses in my opinion. So like, and like I get like, he's got Julio there, but I don't really think, I think Calvin's going to be taking over as the alpha there. So I, I was just curious, like if you change the name, but like with two players that have performed pretty similarly through the mm-hmm. first two seasons, like would that change? Um, to me, I it's I that and that's the reason why I put this one on there because like you know Calvin, I I think he's a stud, and I wanted to see like what would it take for you in this wide receiver landscape to to move off of a, a stud receiver like like Calvin or AJ Brown or something like that. I think I would take Calvin in this deal. Um, it is pretty close. I just 204 in this draft, I don't love, and I don't love Hollywood. And the 23 is, you know, three drafts from now. And so, like, I I think Calvin is, is still going to give me production right now. Um, and I think that deal is still going to be there for the next year or two as well. Um, I just – and he – no, he the one thing that he he does, which is hard, is score touchdowns. Like 10, 7, 9, 9. Like he's always gonna be up there. So his 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 production is gonna gonna stay. Like he doesn't need the target share. Um, but also like he's on an Calvin's on an offense that's gonna throw the ball. Atlanta's gonna go out there throwing the ball. They don't have a running game, you know, versus in Tennessee. You know, now he has yeah, Corey Davis wasn't great, but they had Corey Davis and Johnu to take pressure. So now it's just AJ Brown and Derrick Henry who's gonna get 300 touches a year. So like I, I 
I think their market, their the target share is probably going to be pretty similar. Um, probably a little bit more for Brown, but I think that the, the offense that that Ridley is going to be in is going to be Ridley over AJ at least for the next year or two. Um, and they're, they're a close enough player to me that like if you would have done it for AJ, I, I would do it for for Calvin as well. But that's just me. I, I love Calvin Ridley though. Like I know Outhouse, that's his man's. So he'd probably do it too. <laughs> like, but like yeah. I just I. Yeah. I just think that, like, well, go ahead, Josh. You say what what you think. Bill, uh, you and I, we linked up on this one. I'm I'm taking the package. And to answer Dustin's question, I would think I would take this package for A.J. Brown as well. So this isn't a uh, anti-Calvin Ridley thing. But it's kind of like what Bill said, like, wide receiver is just so deep. And you're giving me two ones a two. I, I don't know how many teams are in this league, but if I'm going to assume it's a 12 team league, I like everything in this draft up to like mid second. Like I'm really happy about everything up to like mid second. So 204. Cool. I think I can get a, a decent piece with that. And I'm getting two first Hollywood. And, you know, Bill has a little bit more tingle, as he said, for Hollywood than I do. But I can find I can find you know somewhere to uh, to shift Hollywood to afterwards. Somebody will like Hollywood Bill more than I do, and I can make a little bit of deal and get some some more assets on top of that. And then you know those first round picks, yeah, twenty three first isn't until three drafts from now. But I I ain't gonna have that pick in three drafts from now. I'm moving that for something that's in a package for something else. I, you know, I'm upgrading, you know, like Bill said, Bill likes AJ Brown a little bit more that 22 and 23 first is probably getting moved with something else or a couple other things to get AJ Brown. If that's my higher guy. And, uh, you know, I want to replenish the wide receiver. So, or just do what I always do and just keep those picks. And then if I'm, if I'm stuck at quarterback, just trade them for, you know, quarterbacks that nobody wants like a Drew Brees and, you know, and, just go with that, you know, kind of do the Rocky strategy in some leagues, but yeah, I mean, I like that deal for a wide receiver that, I mean, we kind of always say like, he's going to, you know, he's going to take over for Julio and Julio kind of always just sticks around and does his thing. I know he's like going, you know, super low in startups this year, but I think Julio is going to have another Julio type season and we'll see what happens with Calvin. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, Dustin, when did Julio go in this draft? Just out of curiosity. He hasn't gone yet. Oh, my God. So you're in the eighth and he hasn't gone yet. So like 90-something and he still hasn't gone. And I took Calvin in the fifth. Well, I think that's a good pick at that point. Uh, Where did A.J. Brown go? Let me pull it up. I have some some comments back, but let me pull this up first. But here's the the crazy thing. So Julio hasn't gone yet and you took – Calvin in the fifth. I don't know at the end of this season. I'm just talking about this season. I'm not talking about three years from now. I don't think it's going to be three rounds difference between those two guys if he gets taken in the eighth, which he may not. But I don't AJ think. AJ Brown went 301. Okay, so 25th overall. Yeah. Okay. He went ahead of Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Zeke, Metcalf. Like, that's kind. Of, that's kind of why I'm saying, "Whoo, <laughs> that's a." Uh... Well, go ahead. Uh, sp- spit your response out. 
Well, it's just like, okay, so if we look at, you know, Calvin was in his third year last year, 143 targets, 90 catches, 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. Like, that's what you want out of out of a number one receiver. Like, and he did that. Um, you know, like, and I lost my comment. I lost my thought, train of thought. Look Good. what you did, Yes, Josh. then you're wrong. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, there's I, – I just don't see any reason that he – isn't gonna produce those numbers again like julio was there like yeah he was limping around a little bit but julio was there last year and he had 143 targets and an offense that has mike davis as their running back and and like you guys are like looking at it as two first and two seconds i see it as as four seconds like you know if you look at value of picks value uh, a first next year is worth a second this year so a first in two years is about a you know, a, a late second this year in, in, in the time value of points now versus points in the future. Like that's how I look at it. Like, you know, coming, coming down, like, yes. And like the thing about those picks, everyone's always going to be offering 20, 22 and 23 firsts in the middle of the year when it's not draft season. And you're going to be able to buy those picks. Like you're not always going to be able to buy a 1400 yard, 10 touchdown, hundred catch receiver. Like that's just sure, not, but yeah. Like, I agree, but you're also like, I mean, I just don't know that the offense is the same this year. And, and so like, I'm not necessarily sold that he's going to be as like efficient, but, but at the same point you're, you're saying like, you know, you look at it as like four seconds and we look at it as first. Well, Josh made a really good point that like the odds of those being, on our team waiting to use those picks are pretty low. So like those are just assets and, and the fact that there's just so many wide receivers, I just don't feel the need to like, you know, odds are I have at least two other wide receivers. I feel perfectly fine starting. And, and so like just being able to get those other assets to be able to, to move around and do stuff like I, I don't feel like it's a terrible pick. And obviously like, I feel I'm, I'm being an ageist a little bit here just because AJ Brown's three years younger. And I, I just know that I can have him on my team without him losing value for three years. Whereas I think that, you know, uh, Kevin Ridley is going to be 27, but at the end of the season, you know, that's when people start getting scared about, you know, values and stuff like that. If I end up having to rebuild, I'm going to have a harder time moving him. You know, those sort of things are just, I'm always trying to flip to younger guys just for that reason, because I know how the market works. Um, But like, that's kind of where at this time of year, I kind of consider those sort of things when I'm making trades, like maybe if it's during the season, I answer differently. Um, But just kind of like at this moment, I know I can use those other assets to, to, to build, you know, easier than I can just Calvin Ridley, I think. Cause I don't think that everybody is as gung ho about Calvin as you are. Yeah. And like, that, that's a fair point. Like obviously we're in draft season. So any pick is worth more now than in the season. So like, this is definitely a more in season trade. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just, I don't know, like, I I don't usually make my picks, so I'm fine giving them up to 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 get um guys that I like I, in studs. Like I, I don't usually make my draft picks anyways. 
Um, so I'm fine trading them for for a guy that's gonna, you know, be a, a top twelve to fifteen wide receiver. Like I'm fine with that. But I get I get I get both sides of it. Yeah, I don't. I think that this is a perfect conversation, honestly, that you brought this up because it's really just how people build their teams, right? Like, and and that's probably something that I need to work on because this is a trade I would totally consider making. And like, I'm the guy who ends up like having no roster spots because my team is so deep because I keep trading for like all of these assets that I feel can appreciate. And at some point I got to start condensing. And so I need to start almost making the trades like this, the opposite direction of what I just selected because so many of my teams are so deep with upside or, you know, players like that. So um, I think, you know, it's definitely, this is a great conversation um, trade in my opinion. Yeah. And the pick thing is always so interesting to me because, because kind of like Dustin said, like a first, in 2022 or first in 2023 is worth a second now or whatever. But I always kind of look at it like yeah, I, I used to play a lot of poker. And yeah, would you rather have a $5 chip or a $100 chip? Everyone's going to say, oh, I want the $100 chip. But good players will turn that $5 chip into the $100 chip. And, and that's how I look at draft picks. Draft picks are like chips. Like, I'm just going to mix and match them. I'm going to throw them into deals and I'm going to end up getting what I want in the end. I'm probably not making either one of those picks, you know, actually probably if I traded Ridley for that haul, I'm, I'm already working on the next deal. I'm already trying to figure out like, okay, what am I doing to replace Ridley? And it may not be a wide receiver. I may be deficient at running back and now I have two first round picks and maybe I use those to get a DeAndre Swift or I use those to get a Cam Akers, whatever guy I like, you know, it just all depends on, you know, the league and my team construction and all that. But if I'm losing a guy like Calvin Ridley, and this isn't a, you know, like Calvin Ridley is bad response. I would just, I just like that package. I'm getting I'm getting a guy that is going to be on that level or who I believe is going to be on that level. I'm not just saying I got a bunch of picks like I'll wait two years to to make these picks and maybe, you know, I'll get lucky and one of these picks will be the 101. You know, I, I'm not it's not the way my brain works. And, uh, you know, those picks probably won't be on my roster for too long. I won't lie to you. <laughs> like, like if I make a trade for picks now, like, you know, or even even if we come to the you know, 2021 draft, I want to move up a spot in the first round. Maybe there's a guy I really like and I don't want to take a chance. Hey, like I'll give you this and, you know, this, you know, 2022 second or this 2022 first to move up a spot or two to get the guy I want. Like I'll do that too. Like uh, I think it was Zach Reed who said it, you know, he uses his next year's picks as credit. He'll kind of package them with this year's picks to move up, you know, to to get a guy that he really wants. And those picks always replenish because you get a whole bunch of new picks every year. So he's like, yeah, I just kind of use it as credit that I never really have to pay back because I just get a whole bunch of new picks the next year. So, I mean, they they have value. And I think sometimes, and I think a lot of people in in Dynasty do this, they they say these – picks aren't valuable because they're a year or two from now, or they're not as valuable as they could be. And I kind of look at them like, 
I'll make them valuable. I'll throw them into things and get guys that I want. But yeah, I mean, I'm with Bill. I love the conversation because, you know, we talk about, uh, we talk about this all the time and it's like, you know, Calvin Ridley's good. I mean, anybody who says differently is, is lying to themselves, but sometimes the, the package is just too good. So Bill and I agreeing again. My goodness, Bill, when did we start agreeing on all this stuff? It's, luckily, Dustin's here to make the show a little bit more interesting or just be us agreeing with stuff all the time. But uh, Dustin, you got time for one more? Oh, yeah. One all more. right. Let's go. Let's do this. This is from Shane Swagger at Swagzilla Zero G. Now, in this uh, in this situation, Shane is speaking about a specific league, not all leagues, so don't get mad about it. He goes, if I put out offers, they'll likely go unnoticed, and I'll cancel them eventually. Kind of gets old. Too many people join leagues for the draft and not for the craft. That sounds like it should be a shirt, actually. It should. Join for the craft, not the draft. He's that's a lyricist. What, that That's what the shirt should be. So, are you... Or I want to know, are you guys running into this problem? Are you guys sending out deals and they're just kind of falling on deaf ears, whether you're not getting any response at all or you're waiting like days and days to get responses or, you know, are you guys running into those issues? I, I think it kind of depends on if it's a if it's a blind offer or not. Like, I don't know. I If I'm sending an offer, I usually reach out to that owner and say, hey, I sent you an offer. Let me know what you think. If I don't get a response tonight, I follow up like the next day. Like I don't usually just submit blind offers without communicating with the owners that I'm submitting an offer that I'm interested in on a player. Um, I have had some offers that that go blind and don't get responses, but I, I, I always reach out to those owners and like it, it happens in leagues. Um, I, I, I know like, and I, I think part of it, there's some frustration, but I know a lot of people join extra uh, leagues during COVID and, so some of them probably just want to draft and like, so now people have a lot of leagues. So I think that's part of it, but like, I don't know. I'm always in communication with the people in my leagues. I know the people in my league. So it's never like it happens. It doesn't bother me because I make so many moves and like, I'm always communicating that it's, but if it's completely blind, like there's people that have things going on. Maybe they they saw their email. They want to go back to it. And then something happened and they just mm-hmm. didn't get back to it. Like you never know what people are going on. Like, I don't think it's all people just joined for drafts like that is a thing people just love drafting so much that they 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 jump into draft and then they're not active like that Guilty. is 100 that is <laughs> that is 100 what happens but like i don't think that it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because i usually i'm always reaching out to get a response so what about you bill Offended. yeah i mean i definitely notice it right like i mean People join leagues and they, yes, because they love to draft. I get it. Like, that's just part of it. Like, now being inactive, that's a little bit of an issue. Um, is it because, you know, all they wanted to do was draft and now they don't care about the league? I mean, that's, I think it's, that might be slightly a stretch. And maybe in some cases, that's the case. Um, but I think for the most part, this time of year, I'm just never being overly critical about the response time or the responsiveness of players, because as much as we want everybody to be super responsive all the time, I just feel like, you know, there is this lull between, you know, the Super Bowl and the draft that just 
we run into this every year. And I think people bring this up, this concern, maybe not specifically the way that Swag's, you know, worded it, but like, I think that there's always people going like, wow, this league is dead right now. You know, you hear that like in certain leagues and, um, you know, I think that's just part of it. I mean, Dustin's really good, honestly, <laughs> about uh, making leagues, at least people participate because he will hit you up um, if he's sending you something and you just, you know, reject or something like that. Like, I'm not, you know, and he, we, he and I have had this conversation where we just do things a little differently. I'm very much like, eh, I don't like it. No, I'm just going to reject it. Usually I'll put a comment in, but um, like the back and forth is just not typically how my brain operates for trades. But like, I think that like, you know, this time of year, I'm a little less apt to be hard on somebody for not being responsive, I guess. Um, I've had time, you know, I've had multiple trades time out um, over the last month that I've sent. And I'm not really going to, even though I'm the commissioner in some of those leagues, I'm not going to be like, dude, you know, there's this rule that says you got to be response. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't want to be that guy because right. it's just not that important at this point in time. Like if it's during the season, that's a whole different ball game in my opinion. Yeah. And, and Swags is touching on a good point here. And, and Bill, you, you started getting into it. You know, there are these like ups and downs when it comes to activity during the season. So it's like during the regular season, almost everybody is like super active. They're, you know, they're like setting lineups. They're trying to figure out, you know, if their team is a pretender or contender, they're making moves to either make their team better or, you know, get ready for the, for the draft that'll be coming up. And then once the regular season is over, a lot of people are just like, oof, I was hustling. And, you know, I mean, I'm not in a ton. I think I'm in eight leagues. I don't even know. I haven't counted lately. But, like, there are some people who are like, yeah, I'm in 20 leagues. I'm in 30 leagues. I'm in 50 leagues. And, like, I can imagine, like, just being burnt out at the end of the season, setting lineups, fielding trade offers, talking to people. And it's just like there's that, like, break. And for some people, that break goes until, like, probably, like, coming up soon, like April, because then, like, you really start hearing about, like, the NFL draft. Okay, where are guys going? I need to follow, you know, my Debbie guys. What are they saying about this guy and that guy? So you may actually be coming in in the next couple of weeks into a period where people are starting to become a little bit more active because they're trying to figure out, all right, what are my picks? Uh, who can I take? Maybe I can trade out of this pick and get an established guy. We were just talking about that in the last question. And now might be the time where you might want to try to hammer some more trades in the next, like maybe couple of weeks, you know, two weeks from now, try to start hammering trades again, because now people, but kind of as soon as your rookie draft is over, there's that like lull again. It's like, all right, I got all hyped for the rookie draft. I got my new guys. I'm so happy. Maybe a week or so after that, there's still some trades going on. And then it's like, all right, there's nothing football related going on until like, end of July when training camp starts and you're probably really not even getting people fully into it until like August, you know, middle to end of August when they're starting to ramp up for that season again. So there are highs and lows. And I think this is kind of a low period right now. I mean, I, I actually kind of do the opposite of what Dustin does. I will cold offer people or yeah, I said that right. 
But like after a day, if there's no response, I will hit them up in a DM and just be like, hey man, just to let you know in case you didn't see it, there's an offer in your inbox. Just to let them know like, hey, like I get it. People, people have families, people have jobs, people have other activities besides fantasy football going on. And, you know, a lot of times people be like, thanks. I didn't even know I had an offer in the inbox. Like, you know, they either miss the email or it's, you know, like sleeper, there is no email. So if you miss the little alert that comes up that says you have a deal, like you can totally miss it. And I've had that happen to me sometimes where like, just missed the email or whatever. Somebody, hey man, did you see the offer I sent you? No, thank you for reaching out because I, you know, I missed it. You know, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And um, I, I do try to be very quick on my response if I see something coming my way because I don't want to leave someone hanging. You know, if I like their deal, obviously I'll accept it. If I think we're in the same ballpark, you know, I may counter them. And if I think you know value is totally off. I'll, you know, I'll reject it and I'll leave him a comment and be like, Hey man, I don't think our values are the same on this guy, you know, and, and, and send it their way so that they kind of know, you know, whether they want to get back to me. Maybe they, you know, they just went for the gold and just sent an offer that they were hoping would get accepted <laughs> and then realize that, uh, you know, all right, let me offer a little bit more fair deal if I want to get this, you know, this deal done. But yeah, I'm with Bill. I can't be hard on people this time of year. Like, you know, and even like, you know, I'll use me as an example. Like my job right now, like, is insane. Like it, we just kind of ramped up a bunch of work and I'm much busier at work than I maybe normally am. So two weeks from now, it may be a lot slower and I may be a little bit more apt to, you know, get back to your deal right away, you know, within like an hour instead of within a day or two you know, just because, you know, I work and then I come home, you know, Dustin, you know, this, you, you got kids, you want to spend time with them. You have a wife, you want to spend time with her or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> Dustin's like, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> don't worry. I, I doubt the wife watches. So you'll be, you'll be a okay. But, um, you know, you, you have, you know, significant others, you know, family, other family you want to spend time with. So I get it because I mean, I know during the season, I mean, my wife is, you know, I'm blessed during the season. I, you know, I put a lot of time and energy into this and she's cool with it. But I know during the off season, she's like, hey, you know, I'll let you have your time during the season. Let me have a little bit of time during the off season. And she's got every right to that. So, um, you know. But to be fair, I mean, just going back to like what Swag said, like, I get it. It gets frustrating if it's like you're throwing out all these offers and it's just a ghost town you know what i mean like i get it but i mean you know dustin saying yeah just hit him up or you know you guys saying hit hit the person up you know a lot of times that just kind of you know you got a little bit of accelerant there to you know maybe get communication going but like i mean there's times of the year where like a way too many offers go unresponded you know and and so I get the frustration, man. Like it truly, um, especially if they happen, just boom, 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 boom. You know, right. you're like, what the is going on? You know, it's just crazy. But well, yeah. I'll, I'll say, I'll say the swags do what I do. Just be petty. Um, wait, <laughs> wait until, wait until a more active time, and then offer them a slightly worse version of the deal 
that you offered them beforehand. And if they say, Hey man, I, I vaguely remember you sending me a deal that was a little bit better. I was like, yeah, I was, uh, I was a little less petty then and I'm a little bit more petty now. So take it or leave it <laughs> and do that. I will do that. Like if I sense or I'll send somebody an offer and a lot of times they'll send me an offer much later on, like, Oh, Hey, like I saw this deal and I kind of forgot about it. You still want to do it? And I'm like, no, don't want, I wanted to do it back then. I want, I, I want to do a different deal now. <laughs> and you know, it's a kind of joking, but I'm kind of serious about myself. Like I will do that. But yeah, I mean, I understand the frustration because, you know, it's tough when you want to be active and the, and the people in your league don't want to be active. And I think that's the, you know, I hear a lot of people and I give those people credit because I couldn't do it. People that are in like, you know, 15 plus leagues, like I'm like, whew, I couldn't do it. And I th- I think that's one of the reasons why I'm a little bit more selective with like the leagues I enter because I kind of want to enter it with like people I know and people that I know are active. So I don't run into these situations. I mean, I'll be honest, usually in most of my leagues, I'm usually like one of the least active people during this time frame. You know, I always try to get back to people when they send me a deal because I don't want people waiting. But, you know, I know that sometimes getting back to someone as soon as possible could be a day or two just because, you know, of life. So, yeah, I get it. Like, I don't I don't bang on people too much. I understand people have lives. But I also understand, on the other hand, how it can be very frustrating to kind of just get timeout after timeout after timeout. And you're like, I just, just want to make a deal. I just want to make my team better. I just want to do something. So I, get bo- I see both sides of it, for sure. So on that note, I think we, uh, I think we hit all the high notes on this one. So Dustin, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for spending this time with us. Uh, appreciate everything, uh, everything that you got going on because, uh, uh, it's a lot of fun having you on. I love, I love chatting it with you and, uh, you know, just tell everybody where they can find you, what you're doing, where you're at. Yeah. Th- uh, thanks for having me guys. It was, it was a, a blast being able to disagree with you guys and kind of debate it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, I came in, I came in ready this time. Um, <laughs> in, all, in all reality, it was, it was a lot of fun. So I appreciate you guys having me. Um, I'm just out there on Twitter at dynasty junkie FF on Twitter. Um, not really doing much right now. So there, if you guys want to chat, need any advice, whatever, um, just out there, just hanging out. So you guys know where to find me. Thanks for having me on guys. Uh, you know, uh, appreciate you, appreciate you spending time with us. And if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, follow Dustin, dude is so damn smart. He will, you know, you talk with him for a few minutes and you, you know, you'll learn something. I promise you that. So, um, you know, on that note, you know, thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, appreciate you. You guys make the, you make the chat. So you make the show so much more interesting by what you guys say in the chat. Uh, th- this was a good one. I want to throw this out here real quick from uh, uh, from our boy Short Logic. Hollywood Tingle sounds like a good team name. Uh, you know, listen, there's certain people that give uh, like a Cleveland Cleveland steamer. There there are certain people that give Bill that tingle, and Hollywood is one of them. So uh, Hollywood Tingle. I think we we'll, we'll change the uh, timeline team name to that Hollywood Tingle. We don't even have them, but I think that should be our team name anyway. So uh, dig it. Appreciate fantasy you guys. Fantasy Tingle. The Fantasy Tingle. Ooh, hello. 
There you go. Um, so thank you guys in the chat. Thank you everybody for listening. Appreciate it. An hour and a half, you could have been doing anything else in the world uh, and you decided to spend time listening to us. So that is appreciated. Just remember to rate, review, subscribe, no matter where you are, uh, are listening to this and watching this. We appreciate it and it gets us out there in front of more people. So on that note, Bill, we are out of here. Late. Mm -hmm.